uh, before we get started, I wanted to tell y'all that um, this Sunday, let's prepare ourselves this evening in our usual fashion. We'll have a few moments of silent prayer, the option of rebound if necessary. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. We recognize that everything we see, everything we hear, everything is about our Lord Jesus Christ, for they were created by him and for him. And we live in a time when people are really losing their way, and it's a good time for us to show the stability of your word and your promises for us to Look for opportunities to free those who have been enslaved by false teachings and satanic lies. So we pray that you will help us to focus and concentrate. For we pray it in Christ's name. Amen. (coughs) Well, we're in getting the gospel right. And a few times back we started with Catholicism and to give you kind of the basics on what they believe and give you a better idea how to give them the gospel. Then we went to Mormonism. We did that last time. I think we had about four pages on Mormonism. We did it in one night. That will probably be similar to what we're going to do tonight. (coughs) Tonight we're going to look at uh, Jehovah Witnesses. The reason that I'm giving you these different uh, faiths is so that you will recognize mainly that just because someone says that they're a believer in Jesus Christ does not necessarily mean that they are saved. And I've talked to a few of you, not anyone necessarily that is here, and I, was, uh, I noticed that there's, for the most part, a lot of ignorance about what these different faiths believe. And I think it's helpful when you're talking to someone of another faith, another persuasion, what they believe, because then you are more able to address issues that are pertinent to uh, their system of faith. So tonight we're going to uh, go over Jehovah Witnesses, and this will be, by the way, I just took these three because I think these are the three that we come in contact with the most, are people who are either (coughs) Catholics, Mormons, or Jehovah Witnesses, and we need to know... Uh, what they believe and how to witness to them. Just about everybody is familiar to some extent with Jehovah Witnesses because they've been visited by them from time to time, the dreaded, and you look out there and there's somebody that you're not familiar with wearing a tie. Sometimes it's a couple. They're not well well liked by most because many of their beliefs are offensive to others. Most of them are well trained and have no trouble contending with the multitudes of mediocre believers who are biblically ignorant. They are well trained, as if you have, I'm sure you all have been visited from time to time. And you can't be a novice in the Word and think you're going to make any headway with them even though their theology, (coughs) as we will see, is not accurate, they still have a way of 
talking to folks. I don't think I'm going to give you all these. I have a lot of quotes, and some of them are long um, footnotes, the address and everything. So I'm not going to read those. They're, they're in the notes. If you want them, you can get them from there. But I'm just, for the most part, for this message, just going to ignore the, the footnotes. Everything that's given here that is in italics is a quote, and, it's, and I have footnotes as to where I got it. The first one is, Jehovah's Witnesses are members of a Christian-based religious movement. The denomination was founded in the USA the end of the 19th century under the leadership of Charles Taz Russell. The headquarters of the movement is in New York. Now already, um, by the way, I got this from um, the BBC broadcasting and, and uh, internet service. I wanted to tell you that because the first couple, I think, are important to give that information. Because I don't know about you, but I already have a problem with it uh, members of a Christian-based religious movement, at least, and see, this is the way they are presented, at least by the BBC. There are about 6.9 million active witnesses in 235 countries in the world. Those are statistics from 2007. Members of the movement are probably best known for their door-to-door evangelical work, witnessing from house to house, offering Bible literature and recruiting and converting people to the truth. Although Christian-based, the group believes that the traditional Christian churches have deviated from the truth, true teachings of the Bible, and do not work in full harmony with God. What does that remind you of? Remember the Mormons? And Joseph Smith, that was one of the things that started the, the Mormon uh, church, and this, that movement was... Uh, Joseph Smith said that uh, it was revealed to him that all the churches have gone off course, and so he came up with this uh, Mormon, Mormonism. Now, this next one is from Wiki, Wikipedia. Now, these are two kind of like encyclopedia-type Internet sites. Jehovah Witness is a millenarian, restorationist Christian denomination with non-Trinitarian beliefs distinct from mainstream Christianity. Y'all got that? <laughs> well, the millenarian means that they strongly believe in a millennium. But uh, it, 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 that millennium is not the same millennium that we think of. The only thing that we have in common for the most part with their beliefs on the a millennium is that it lasts a thousand years. Rest, rest, restorationist means they are restoring the errant and aberrant churches today to restore it back to what the first century believers, the first century church was. That's If you look up restorationist, that's what it will say. And of course, you know what Christian uh, means. I hope you do. And then a denomination, we think of denominations as being uh, Methodist and Presbyterian and uh, Baptist, all these different denominations. According to this, they are a Christian denomination. Now, wh the reason I'm showing you these is because if you didn't know anything about these faiths and you went to these places, you would think, well, 
this is just another denomination, just like uh, we have a little different beliefs from maybe the, the Baptists or the Methodists or the Presbyterians or whoever. And you would get the idea that that's what they are. They're just a Christian denomination. Uh, two other things that I wanted to say while I was talking about this denomination. Uh, one is I was in a meeting, uh, a pastor's meeting in West Houston Bible Church a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago by now, I guess. And um, Mir Shlomo, which is the uh, consulate general of Israel, was in our meeting. And uh, Dr. Robbie Dean was hosting the meeting, and he was talking to Mir Shlomo. And <coughs> he asked him, do you know what an evangelical is? And he says, well, uh, he thought that evangelicals were just another denomination of the Christian faith. Now, this is a smart man. What I'm telling you is you cannot assume that when you talk about something, when you're referencing something to someone, that they automatically know what you're talking about. And words have different meanings for different people. So we have to engage people and make sure that we're on the same page. If, if someone says that uh, Jehovah Witness is a, just another Christian re, uh, denomination, then we need to ask them, well, what is your definition of, of a denomination? You never can go wrong by asking people to clarify themselves because more times than not, we take for granted that when they say something, it means the same thing that we think it means, and many times it doesn't. So here on the Wikipedia site, you, it's referenced as a Christian denomination. The religion reports membership of over 7 million adherents involved in evangelism, a convention attendance over 12 million, and an annual memorial attendance of over 18 million. That's quite a few, but there's still there's not as many Jehovah Witnesses as there are Mormons. And both of them have a, a very strong evangelism program. By the way, do you all know what uh, uh, evangelical means? Or we are evangelical. And that, for the most part, a general definition would be that we are not into liturgy in, the, in, our, in our services. Um, we do have one ritual, but... Uh, we believe in the uh, literal, historical uh, interpretation of the Bible. These, these are things that identify you as a evangelical. Noreen, do you have a question? Well, <laughs> not exactly. I'm going to get to that. Okay. They... Th for the most part, they think we're already in it. Yes. Do you, you have a comment on the non-Trinitarian? Oh, non-Trinitarian. Okay, thank you. Yeah, non-Trinitarian just simply means that they do not believe in the Trinity. And we're, we're going to see as we go further that they do not believe in the deity of Jesus Christ. And that's a very serious uh, issue in itself. The organization, organization they represent known as the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society, further, and you're going to see it throughout this, the WTB and TS stands for the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society, emphasizes end-time prophecy and has unsuccessfully predicted the end of the world many times. Um, at the end of this, I'm going to explain, show you, it's been over six times. 
the I'm just when I see the WTB and TS, just to shorten it, I'm just going to say the Track Society. The Track Society exercised rigid control over Jehovah Witnesses and forbid their participants, their participation in such common activities as taking blood transfusions, celebrating birthdays or holidays, including Christmas and Mother's Day, voting, flag saluting, military service. Those these restrictions, uh, the uh, through these uh, restrictions, the Track Society builds a wall of isolation between Jehovah Witnesses and the rest of society. The Watchtower Society prints over 15 million copies of magazines every week into 120 languages and has over 5 million active Jehovah Witnesses spreading its doctrines in 230 countries. I've talked to the pastors that we support, uh, Pastor Naboth in Kenya, and I asked them and also uh, Pastor Moses Amwobiko about the influence of the Jehovah Witnesses in these foreign countries, and he says it's everywhere. He said they are there, and essentially uh, wherever they have been prevalent uh, in, in, a, in predominance, then uh, they have to undo some ideas that have already been founded. And, and the, another uh, organization, the, the Pentecostals are very heavy in at least Africa. I know that. Uh, uh, Dan, Pastor Dan Hill also told me about that in Liberia. And one of the main problems that the pastors that, we, that I talk to over there, mainly in Africa, have, one is uh, speaking in tongues, uh, the Pentecostals are heavy in the, into that. And women preachers, uh, they just seem to gravitate to that. Let's look at the founders for a moment. Charles Taz Russell, 1852 to 1916, founded the Jehovah Witness movement. As a teenager, he rejected his Presbyterian roots. Russell had no formal training but borrowed and built upon various teachings that were popular at the time. For example, Adventism influenced his denial of hell and a splinter Adventist group led by N.H. Barber aroused his interest in end-time prophecies. From Barber, he borrowed the belief that Christ returned invisibly to the world in 1874 and that 1914 was the year he would the world would be destroyed and the millennium would begin. And we're going to see that was one of the prophecies that, of course, did not come to pass. And they said that Jesus Christ returned in a spiritual, spiritually, invisibly in 1914. And those of you that know your history know that 1914 was when the First World War began. Reverend J.J. Ross published a pamphlet that exposed Russell's false claims and doctrines. He revealed that Russell never attended the higher schools of learning known comparatively and, and knows comparatively nothing of systematic or historical theology and is totally ignorant of the biblical languages, Hebrew and Greek. Russell unsuccessfully tried to stop the circulation of this damaging information uh, by suing Reverend Ross for the defam uh, defamatory libel. Uh, 
Did I say that right, Craig? Defamatory? Defamatory. Okay, thank you. Defamatory libel. However, Russell not only lost the suit, but in the process perjured himself in court when he lied under oath about the knowledge of the Greek language. In the end, Russell admitted statements about himself in the pamphlet were true. By the time that Charles Russell Taz uh, died in 1916, Armageddon had not come, and he left the members disillusioned by his uh, predictive failures. You can imagine being a part of an organization, and as we're going to see, these people took what he said uh, as absolute truth. Uh, many of them were selling their homes because they figured this was going to be it, and they were uh, they were cheered on by the uh, leaders. When Russell died in 1916, uh, Joseph Franklin Rutherford took his place, and he was he was born in 1869 and died in 1942. Rutherford took control of the organization and also used the threat of Armageddon to intimidate Jehovah Witnesses. Now there is going to be an Armageddon. We all know that. But what's going to happen before the Armageddon? We're out of here, right? So there's no use in us waiting for Armageddon because we're not going to be here when Armageddon takes place, if you have your eschatology straight. He published The Finished Mystery, a book which predicted that in 1918 God would destroy churches and millions of their members and claimed that by 1920 every kingdom would be swallowed up in anarchy. Rutherford taught that the only way to escape the impeding judgment and destruction was to join the Watchtower organization. When the 1918 and 1920 predictions failed, Rutherford set a new date in his book titled Millions Now Living Will Never Die. It taught that the millennium would start in 1925. Then uh, Nathan H. Corr took over after his death. From, he lived from 1905 to 1977. And Nor took over the Watchtower Society and put away date setting for a time. I can understand why and switch to a different strategy. Since many of their teachers are easily refuted, their teachings by uh, key verses in the King James Bible, Noah set out to publish a different Bible for Jehovah Witnesses to use. Uh, the uh, world, uh, this is actually stands for the New World Translation, or this would be the Watchtower Society Bible, called the New World Translation blatantly also alters many verses that show the errors of Watchtower teaching. The single best example of this is in John 1.1, and I think I've taught you all that already more than once. So the um, Jehovah Witnesses do have their own scriptures, something that uh, Noah came up with, and essentially what they did was just take any scriptures that would go against what the Jehovah Witnesses' beliefs were and change them. And that's why if you're talking to a Jehovah Witness, you have to know that when he goes to his Bible and it's a New World Translation, that you have to insist that you go by 
the whatever translation you have. It's, what I'm telling you, it's not another translation. It is a perversion. Example is given in John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And that's clear. Even a first-year Greek student understands that what they have done to it is not allowable in the Greek. They say, they translate it as saying, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was a God little g. And they have to do that because they don't believe in the deity of Jesus Christ. And as we'll see. So that's one example. The New World Transloaded is loaded with this type of changes and I'm not going to go through all of them. I'll just give you a couple here. In Zechariah chapter 12 verse 10 it says, They shall look upon me, referring to Jehovah God, whom they have pierced. New World Translation, they changed it. It says, they shall look upon the one whom they have pierced. Uh, the deity of Christ, what I'm going to do is um, show you a few. We're not going to go to these scriptures, but uh, the deity of Christ, these are verses that you can go to that substantiate the deity of Christ. Plus, uh, they believe in no eternal suffering in hell. Uh, this is, these are scriptures to substantiate these. Uh, and the personality of the Holy Spirit. In other words, they don't believe in the Trinity. They don't believe that Jesus Christ is God. And they don't believe that the Holy Spirit is God either. They look at the Holy Spirit as an emanating force from God. Kind of like uh, one of the things that I read said it's like electricity is a force. So it would be like that type of force that comes from God that power, but certainly not a member of the Godhead. And you should be able to refute that very easily. If you need some help on that, I'll give it to you. This is a quote. The translation committee responsible for the New World Translation was kept anonymous undoubtedly to cover up their complete lack of scholarly qualifications. None of the men who worked on the project had any formal training in the biblical languages except for Frederick Franz. He was the chairman of the committee and had studied Greek for two years at the University of Cincinnati without graduating and was only self-taught in Hebrew. After Kors' death, Franz became the Watchtower Society's new president. These are facts you need to know behind this because if they, when you think of someone coming up with a translation that you, you I don't know about you, but I have the imagery of a lot of scholars getting around in meetings after meetings, maybe taking a year or so uh, to just come up with uh, the New Testament or maybe even longer than that. Um, but th not, not so with the New World Translation. Now, Frederick Franz was, uh, lived from 1894 to 1992. He was an old bird, wasn't he, when he died? Huh? <laughs> In 1966, a new book and a new date for the end of the world. Now they went back to date setting. Uh, Life Everlasting in the Freedom of the Sons of God was the name of it. Concluded that the autumn of 1975 would mark the beginning of the seventh period of human history. And that would be what? The millennium. The society was careful to avoid printing an outright prediction, but the message was clear to Jehovah's Witnesses everywhere. 
Armageddon was coming soon. Some even sold their homes and property in 1974 and were praised by their leaders for doing so. Exposure of the world, uh, the New World Translation Society's false predictions has created doubts and concerns about the organization. The society has responded by uh, publishing articles and books in which they admit uh, they have made mistakes in their historical predictions and doctrinal teaching. They excuse these errors by attributing them to human fallibility and by saying the uh, new the the society has never claimed to be inspired by God. Now, this is a response that they made after this another, uh, in 1975, the world didn't come to an end and the Armageddon didn't happen and so forth. But I don't know if you see, but I'm getting all these footnotes are from different places for the most part. This is uh, a kind of a response to that. This is a bold deception since past Watchtower magazines are referred to as God's message. Y'all know what the, the Watchtower magazines, have you ever seen any of them before? Uh, they go out and the, the, when they go to Kingdom Hall, they don't go to churches, they call them Kingdom Halls, they study the Bible and they study these uh, Watchtower magazines as well. It appears that they carry what we would consider the same authority as Scripture. So saying that they have human infallibility uh, or fallibility and that they never claim to be inspired by God, this is refuted by the injunctions that are made in the Watchtower magazine referring to uh, as God's message and have carried instructions from Jehovah in quotation marks. This is in the Watchtower magazine. Now, we know that when we're in the New Testament and it's quoting the Old Testament, we'll see a quote in uh, quotation marks, but that's quoting Scripture. Watchtower magazine has recently, as recently as August 1st, 1995, stated Jehovah particularly teaches his people by means of a weekly study of the Bible using the Watchtower as a teaching aid. So they probably, I don't know, probably call it a teaching aid, but it seems to carry great authority here. Now let's look at Jehovah Witness theology for a moment. First of all, the Trinity. Those verses are verses that substantiate that God of the Bible exists in three persons. There's one God that exists in three persons, and that gives you some of the information. By contrast, the Watchtower Society denies the triune nature of God and teaches that such a belief is inspired by Satan. It teaches that Jehovah, the name of the one true God, corresponds only to God the Father. The Society also denies that Jesus is God. They deny the Holy Spirit as a person and instead teach He is merely God's active force analogous to like electricity. The deity of Christ. Here are verses. These are going to be online. If you want these verses, you'd be glad. And I'm limiting these verses just for a space. I figure if I give eight or ten or whatever they are, that'll be enough. So we believe in the deity of Christ. By contrast, the Watchtower denies the deity of Christ and teaches that Jesus is created is a created being. 
He first existed as Michael, the archangel, then later was born as a perfect man. What does that sound like? Remember Mormonism? Yeah. Um, Jehovah Witnesses believe that after Jesus was buried, God disposed of his physical body. Jesus was raised as a spirit creature and materialized as a fleshly body to make himself visible. Now in heaven, he is again known as Michael the Archangel. See, what, what we're, the thing about this, of course, the fact that it's, it's so skewed to think that Jesus Christ is actually Michael, the worst of it is that Michael is an archangel. He is what? A created being. Remember when we were looking at Colossians chapter 1? What is it? Verse 6? That Jesus Christ created all things and everything is held together by him. And everything was created by him and for him. Remember that? Hebrews chapter 1, just read that and it makes the distinction between Jesus Christ and angels. They believe that Jesus Christ was the first created being and that he is a mighty God but not the God. That mighty God is a little g, by the way. Okay, thank you. <laughs> just a little... He is the created God and that He is a mighty God. Thank you. Okay. Salvation is through faith alone in Christ alone. We know that. There's some of the verses. You all should already have these probably memorized by now. By contrast, the Watchtower Society teaches that only an elite group of witnesses known as the 144,000 or the anointed ones are presently credited with Christ's righteousness. Now let me tell you something that this doesn't say. For a long time, the Jehovah's Witnesses said that uh, there were only going to be 144,000 saved that, I mean, it, it, to, that would know that they were going to be saved. There was 144,000. However, when there got to be more than 144,000 Jehovah's Witnesses, they had a problem. So then the theology changed and say, now the 144,000 are the ones that are uh, born again. Uh, I'll finish this. It says, only the 144,000 are born again and expect to reign with Christ in heaven. For the vast majority of remaining Jehovah's Witnesses, known as the other sheep or the great crowd, the atoning sacrifice of Christ only provides a chance at eternal life, and eternal life is going to be on earth. Um, the thing about the 144,000, you recognize that's in uh, Revelation. I think it's in chapter 7, and it's talking. I've, I've, listen, I have talked to Jehovah's Witnesses at length. I told you I used to work with five of them. Four of them rode with me every day to work from Brenham all the way to Seeley, Texas, there and back. So we had a lot of conversations. And when they told me that, about, they were telling me about the 144,000 were the... Jehovah's Witnesses. I said, really? They said, yes. I said, well, what tribe are they from? And he said, what do you mean? I said, well, the Bible says there's going to be 12,000 from each tribe. I was just wondering. If you're one of the, one, one of the 144,000, what tribe are you from? And then that led to about a three-hour discussion, which went nowhere. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. 
well, I don't know who wrote this. This is a croak. And you're right. Whoever wrote this, uh, one thing you don't want to do, and I, I'm for, the brevity, for the sake of time, I'm not going into this too far, but I do go into this a little bit at the end. Jehovah's Witnesses don't believe anybody goes to heaven. They believe that uh, when Christ returns, uh, and he's already returned in, in 1914 as a spirit being, but, and I guess over time it's going to get better in their mind. I don't know. But the point is they don't believe that anyone goes to heaven, that eternity is going to be spent here on earth. So the last thing you want to do when you're talking to a Jehovah Witness is bring up the issue of heaven because they don't believe in it. The book, that I, the book that I wrote back there called The Thing That Really Matters, it does, it's specifically designed for Jehovah Witnesses, and you won't find heaven in it. Don't even mention heaven. You don't have to mention heaven because if you mention heaven, then they're going to get off on a big toot, and you're going to have to be arguing about whether there's heaven or not. It's not necessary. So you're right. That's very uh, astute of you, Pete, to recognize that uh, they don't believe in heaven, but they do think that the 144,000 have an end, I guess, to be saved is what the, the gist of it is. They had to change it after they had so many Jehovah's Witnesses. The Watchtower Society teaches that we must earn our own salvation. Salvation will depend on one's works. That, that's one thing that I've... When you're talking to Jehovah's Witness and you start talking about works, some of the people that you talk about are a little bit... They equivocate a little bit. They don't want to come out right and, and say it. You kind of got to draw it out of them. But a Jehovah's Witness tell you in a heart, oh, yeah, you got to work your way to heaven. There's no doubt about that. And so that's one of their main thoughts there. A person must first come to Jehovah's organization for salvation and then comply with everything they teach. In this way, a relationship with the Jehovah's Witnesses organization rather than a personal relationship with Jesus Christ is presented as the basis of salvation. How about immortal soul and eternal punishment they don't believe in either one of those uh, those who have rejected god's gift of eternal life will suffer conscious oh wait a minute I, I, I missed one here the bible teaches that the human soul continues to exist consciously after death where are we what is luke 16 19 through 31 about yeah it's about lazarus and the rich man remember how that's not a parable i said that's important for you to remember that that address then we have 2 Corinthians 5, 6, and 8, and so forth. These establish that the soul does not die. And they believe in soul sleep for those who have already died. Soul sleep means they believe that when uh, you're a person who is a Jehovah Witness and you have worked your way and you're qualified to be one of the 144,000 or to be one that's going to have the eternal life here on earth, that when you, when you die, they cease to exist. There is no consciousness whatsoever. It's just like turning the switch off and there's nothing there. And when they're resurrected, then they get consciousness again. And I've gone over this. In fact, in the, on the Internet, I have in one of the doctrines, soul sleep, and there's a host of reasons why that ain't so. And they do not believe in uh, God's gift of eternal life. Will, uh, those who have rejected God's gift of eternal life will suffer consciousness uh, conscious eternal punishment. Uh, they think that if you, if you are not going to be saved, then you are just going to be annihilated. You will cease to exist. And they don't believe in hell uh, in that there's going to be a continual torment there. By contrast, the, uh, 
uh, the Tract Society denies eternal punishment and teaches that man does not have a spirit and survives, uh, that, that survives the death of the body. Witnesses believe that the death ends all consciousness, conscious existence. Hell refers to the grave and those who are ultimately judged by God will be annihilated and cease to exist. Individual believers can understand the Bible. That's what we believe. And those are scriptures, scriptures to demonstrate that. By contrast, the uh, Tract Society teaches that the Bible can only be interpreted by the Watchtower Society and no individual can learn the truth apart from them. Who does that sound like? The Catholics, right? Jehovah's Witness, Witnesses do not meet in churches but in buildings called Kingdom Halls. They do not believe in biblical eschatology and have falsely prophesied the end of the world at least six times. Deuteronomy 18, 21 through, all this is saying is that how can you know if something is not of God when they prophesy? Well, if it doesn't come out, <coughs> if it doesn't come to pass, then it certainly was not from God. Do you all remember the penalty for predicting something in the Bible and saying you were a prophet and you said something didn't come to pass? What happened? Execution. They're required to evangelize house to house and they nearly always go in pairs. Uh, if you ask them, they say it's for safety and that might be so. But also, I've seen it in action that when I've talked to them before, when they've come to my house uh, and I start essentially getting the best of them, so to speak, with regards to theology, one of them is pulling the other one out there, especially if it's a younger, newer person. I've talked to them before and one of them started acting, you know, seeming, looks like they're, under, they're getting it. And that's when that other one will get them out of there. They sell their literature and will not take any literature that is offered to them. In addition to their house-to-house -house evangelizing, they consider it their duty to attend Kingdom Hall meetings regularly. Every year, about 20 congregations of Jehovah's Witnesses meet in two-day circuit assemblies. Also, once per year, about 200 congregations from a particular region gather at an auditorium, a coliseum for district conventions. District conventions last three to four days. That's kind of their agenda. Now I'm going to summarize some of this so we can... Time is running out. These are the things that Jehovah Witnesses do not believe in. The Trinity, the deity of Christ, the deity of the Holy Spirit, that Jesus was resurrected in a physical body, that's a hard, hard one to, to, um, to substantiate because you go to the Gospels and you remember doubting Thomas, what this, the account about Thomas putting his hands in his... There's, that's, that's just hard. I don't know how... I, I can't say that I ever read their account of that in their New World Translation, but they don't believe in a physical resurrection. That the 144,000 witnesses are Jews from the, from the 12 tribes, and this what... The Bible doesn't describe them. Uh, these are all men. It appears that they're all virgins, it appears to be. Um, the soul continues to live after death for unbelievers. They don't believe that. Faith alone in Christ alone is the means of salvation. Nope. Salvation apart from water baptism. Nope. The eternal security for believers. Of course, if you're working your way, you can't know for sure. They don't believe in saluting the flag. 
defending their country by serving in the military, voting. They don't celebrate birthdays, Christmas, Easter, Mother's Day, Father's Day, Halloween, Memorial Day, Veterans Day, or President's Day. And I didn't put it on here, but I went on the Internet and found out they don't celebrate uh, Thanksgiving either. They don't uh, that anyone who is, a, is not a Jehovah Witness will be saved. In other words, you have to be a Jehovah Witness. That no one goes to heaven. Remember I said that. I was going to kind of cover that a little bit. They don't believe in blood transfusions, and there have been people who died. Uh, children of Jehovah Witnesses have died because they are... Now, you know, I'm not trying to disparage them in any way. I mean, they have strong conviction. I wish most Christians had the conviction that they do. And they are out there. It is hard. Let me tell you, it's very hard to go out there door to door and do what they do. Extremely hard. And so you, this, this is not to disparage them. They just they have believed a lot. They don't believe in using a weapon of any kind, even in self-defense. There was a guy named Larkin Beekman that was a good friend of mine, and we used to, he was the one that one of the ones that drove, rode with me to the Sealy Ball Valve plant in Sealy when we were constructing it. And he was a Mormon elder. And I was talking to him one day, and I said, you would never use a weapon or do anything to kill someone in self-defense? No. I said, what? What did I say, Mormon? Okay, sorry. Joe Witness. I said, what if somebody broke into your house and they were going to rape your wife and murder your children? You're telling me that you wouldn't lift a hand against them? He said, no. And I nearly lost it then. That's the closest I came to really getting... I said, that is beyond the pale. That is beyond reason. That cannot... God cannot put that on anyone, and he never has. But anyway, uh, they don't believe in that. Uh, they don't believe that the cross of Calvary had two parts, but it was a single pole. Um, church steeples, uh, they believe that they are pagan symbols. Jehovah Witnesses are not our enemy. They are usually fine, moral people who need our love and compassion. They have been entrapped by satanic lies and our desire for them, as for everyone else, is that they accept the true gospel and it is our duty, our, and it is our duty, cross out that is, to be prepared to give it to them accurately, and look at that last part, and with love. Now, you might find that it's one of the hardest things that I had in dealing with and giving the gospel and even talking about the Bible to people that I really cared for. These, were, these guys were good men, hard workers. I liked them. Uh, and, and, but they were so nearly consumed with, the, with, with what they were taught at the kingdom halls. And it can very easily degenerate into an argument. What I'm telling you, when you're talking to any of these people, any of these unbelievers, and they want to talk about whether you should have a steeple on your church or whether they want to talk about whether you should salute the flag or be in the military or get blood transfusions, don't do it. The only thing you need to talk to them about is Jesus Christ went to the cross and paid for, their, for your sins and faith in Him and that action will give you eternal life. And you can't lose it. That's the good news. So stick with the gospel. And you're going to be tempted. 
I've had them come to my house before, and I knew who they were before they even got out of the car. I said, uh, and they said, well, we want to talk to you, and we got this literature. Would you like to buy it? I said, I'll tell you what, I'll buy anything you have if you will just take one booklet that I wrote. Oh, we can't do that. I said, listen, this isn't something that I, that I got from someone else. I specifically wrote it for this occasion. It's in the house. It takes me 30 seconds to go in there and bring it back out, and I will give it to you, and I will buy whatever you have if you will just take it. They said, we can't do it. I said, and I don't have time to talk to you. Have a good. I didn't say have a good day. I don't think you're supposed to tell them to have a good day. So, um, and I told you all about the beer shirt time they came out. Huh? The Miller Beer shirt. You know, I had the Miller Beer on. Miller Beer shirt. My, my father-in-law was a dumpster diver, and he gave me tons of shirts and they were in the drawer stacked like this and when I get a new one I just go grab it and put it on I didn't look at it what was on it and they came when I was in the garden and I was wearing that shirt and after a little while they asked me if I was a pastor and I said yes and and the whole time they kept looking at my chest I thought they were really bummed out here green vine is a little wide spot in the road and here's this guy out in his garden and they come out there and they think I don't know what they thought, but it was the husband and wife, and the wife was, I was kind of, I think I made a little headway with the husband, and boy, she had him by the arm, and she was literally dragging him away, and all, as they were leaving, they were looking back, they, they kept looking back at my shirt, and I thought, what do they keep looking at my chest for? And I looked down and said, Miller beer. <laughs> that was really confusing to them. So this this is the last, I've given you Catholicism, I've given you Mormonism, and I've given you Jehovah Witnesses. All these people profess faith in Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you that if you add anything to faith, any kind of work, any kind of system in where you have to comply in order to be saved, then you're not saved. That's what I'm telling you. Unequivocally, unabashed. Because God gives eternal life only as a gift. If you try to work for it, you don't receive it. It's only giving, given as a gift. And you, when you talk to these people, and by the way, I do hope you do talk to them. Don't run away and hide. You know, I, I talked to these people before, and they said, you know, if somebody would just talk to us, they have a big a big uh, hedge on getting getting through to us because most of the people slam the door in their face. I mean, they, they're not well liked because a lot of people don't like the, the, the non-patriotic stance they take and they think they're weirdos because they don't have, do the holidays and everything. Who cares about any? They have a right to do all. They don't have to do any of that if they don't want to. Don't make an issue about any of that. That's not the issue. The only issue and that you have to stick to is faith alone in Christ alone. And you need to go to Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. You need to go to uh, John chapter 3, verse 18 and 36. You can go to John 3, 16. Too. I just act like it's not there. I don't mean to belittle it, but just about everybody knows it. And the thing that I have against it is about the only thing that a lot of people do have. And you have to be able to uh, address one other issue, and I'm just about out of time. 
But you can count on this. I don't ever remember any Jehovah Witnesses coming and talking to me when I said faith alone. Where are they going? James chapter 2. They're taught. They're indoctrinated into this. It's a damnable lie if you think that you can be saved and go to heaven, which nobody goes to in their thinking, simply by a mental ascent, just a sin of the mind. Yes, that, that, that is absurd to them. That is where they're coming from. And you have to be able to explain to them that God is perfect, that he cannot accept anything that we offer him because it's all relatively good, and he is perfect. Just talk to them in your own words. And then if you go to these few verses, if you go to Ephesians 2, 8, 9, everyone should know that one. Go there and say, okay, I've listened to what you have to say, but I have a problem. Can you explain this to me? You're saying it is by works. It takes more than faith. This says it's by faith, by grace. If you're working, it's not grace. It's by grace through faith. And it's not of works. Now, that's what they're saying. You're telling me something else. Now, you, explain that to me. I mean, you're not debating them. You're just talking to them. And if you're friendly to them, you should be friendly to them. A lot of people say, you don't let them into the house. Well, I don't, I don't agree with that. Because these, these are lost people. And these, for the most, I, most Jehovah Witnesses that you meet are probably more moral than you are and probably make better neighbors, and probably know more about the Bible than you do. It's just been twisted. And so we are to have a heart of, of compassion, and our desire should be to, for them to at least one time in their life hear an accurate presentation of the gospel. That is our duty to all of these people. And we shouldn't dread it. We should be looking forward to it, knowing where they're coming from, don't the last thing you want to do to a Jehovah Witness is, well, what's going to happen when, when you die? Are you going to heaven? Well, you've already taken the wrong fork, and to get them off of about what they believe, nobody's going to heaven, and get them back on the faith alone and Christ alone is hard to do. So just don't, don't go there. You have to know where they're coming from. Yes? Not, not in the sense that we do. I, I don't even have time to go into all the eschatology. It's very skewed. You know, they don't even believe in the rapture. You know, uh, they're, they're working to be saved so that they can spend eternity on planet Earth. With, well, they think the, the, uh, tribula, I mean, the millennium is going to occur. Or I, I'm not exactly sure how they juggle Christ coming back in 1914. And maybe over a period of a long time, it's going to get better. I don't, I don't understand how that goes, but they think that we're going to be on heaven. Now, I, I tell you something. This is something, if you go to the Bible and you start looking for a verse that says when, you're, when you believe in Jesus Christ, you're going to be, you'll go to heaven, you're going to be hard-pressed to find it. And when they challenge you, where does it say in the Bible that when you die as a believer, you're going to heaven? You're going to, it's going to be hard to find verses, but you'll have to put them together. We know, first of all, that Paul said in Ephesians chapter 5 that it is better for him to, to be with them, but it's, it's, he'd, re, he'd rather depart and be with Christ. Also, what, is gonna, what does it say at the end of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 when, when we are gathered together with Christ at the rapture? Uh, it, you, it, at the very end of that chapter, it says, 
for us not to despair for, like those who have no hope. When Christ com- whenever Christ comes, what does it say? For we will always forever be with Him. Where He is, we will be also. I don't know where they think. Well, they, they, He came back to earth in 1914 in spirit body. The Bible says that He is at the right hand of the Father. If He's located in heaven, and, and uh, when Jesus Christ returns, we're going to be with Him. Where, here's my, my response to someone who has asked me that before, Jehovah's Witness. I said, you know what? I don't care where heaven is. All I know is I'm going to be with Christ. And if He's in heaven, that's where I want to be. If He's going to be on earth, I'm going to be there also. And the Scriptures bear that out. So you don't have to go in this... I hesitated even to tell you that because I don't want you to even go there. If they start talking about, well, there's no heaven there or whatever, okay, whatever the good spot is, whether it's earth or whatever, let's talk about on how you get there. That's what you have to concentrate on. You have to do that with Catholics. You have to do that with Mormons. You have to do that with Jehovah's Witnesses. You have to do that with anyone, any unbeliever. But these are the three major ones that profess faith in Christ, and you can't take for, for granted that, well, maybe somewhere along the way they were at a Billy Graham crusade or something and got saved. Talk to them in love and stick to the gospel, okay? I'll get you right after i got to close. Father, thank you for this time you've given us to focus on so many people who have lost their way because they have, they're either ignorant of or have rejected your word. It always comes back to your word. It changes not. It is truth. And we're so thankful that you have given it to us. We pray that we will be able to be so indoctrinated into your truth that we won't be intimidated when these professing uh, believers, believers in Christ, uh, come to us and we go to them and, and there's an opportunity to witness to them. We pray that you will help us to be prepared and ask them questions and Keep them herded right into the gate of salvation. And we, we know that the Holy Spirit will take over and convict them if they don't, with a hard heart, reject his conviction. We pray for this, that we'll be able to do that. In Christ's name, amen.